Welcome to the Art of the Dive. Game week two in the bag. On to game week three we go. I'm Marco. I'm here with Jake, who has kept me waiting for an hour and 46 minutes to start recording this pod. We are so sorry, and it's definitely a strike against him being allowed to continue to remain as a co-host. Jake, how are you, buddy? Uh, a little bit tired. Work's been rough, but otherwise good. You want to talk about it? No, no I want to talk FPL. Yeah, I don't so. want to talk about it either, and no one wants to hear about your whiny work schedule, Jake. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about it either, so let's let's do it. I mean, I think there's a lot of things to get down to this week. Yeah, tons of stuff. Uh, you know, a relatively decent game week for a lot of managers again. Uh, I think a couple of people on Twitter were talking about it, saying that this start of the season has really been the start for the FPL community. Whereas in years past, the kind of Twitter FPL verse maybe hasn't always hit the nail on the head and started off really, really hot. But this year, that is not the case. A lot of managers starting with huge game weeks. Yeah, I, I completely agree, which is, it's strange. I mean, I haven't been doing this for a lot of years, but it's definitely way different than last year. So For sure. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get into this week. A ton of people wrote in with questions or emails or things like that. Um, we will have uh, our HodgePodge Game Week 2 Reflection article coming back from our, our buddy Jay Hodge. Uh, sorry, Jay, if I haven't gotten back to you, we've just been a little busy with things. But he did write a nice reflection article. That'll be up on our uh, website later this afternoon, and I'll tweet it out on Twitter. But I thought we'd start this week with uh, a little conversation from a few uh, Twitter folks. F- FPL uh, Hescabo, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Fantasy Football Noise, which is another uh, quality uh, fantasy football podcast and tactics FC and the three of us were spending some time chatting a little bit about our teams now uh, you and I Jay kind of decided that this year we wouldn't share as much information about our teams we didn't really know like if people wanted to actually hear about like how we're doing and our squad selections and things like that but after this conversation uh, has- FPL Hescobo is a listener of the pod and he said that He really likes when we talk a little bit about our teams, uh, and he just said, I'll quote what he said and you can comment on it, I like the stuff about your personal team, sure it is great to get info, but seeing that info applied to your own team decisions and then reviewing how it went is something I find helpful in making my own decisions. Good practice is often caught more than taught. I thought that was a kind of a a really thoughtful way uh, to to explain why he, he likes that information about our teams. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, it's a good way to explain it. And I think we offer a lot of advice um, and there's multiple ways to approach everything. But ultimately, when you make the decision to go with one player over another, you're saying, I think I value this a little bit more. So, yeah, it's definitely helpful in that sense to talk about our teams a little bit. Yeah, I listen to a couple other fantasy football podcasts. Um, I even actually listen to our own. I think it's kind of funny to like listen back to ourselves and, and sometimes I don't even realize some of the things that we were talking about. Sometimes I find myself shaking my head like, yeah, that was good advice. And then other times I'm like, God, these guys are idiots. <laughs> well, we can't be quite idiots yet. Um, I mean, we're not doing terribly. So two okay game weeks for both of us. I think 
think we ended up on the same point total this week, correct? Yeah, uh, we got into 80 points each. So in our head-to-head, you're still winning. You won last week. We had a draw this week. We have a head-to-head league going uh, for the entire year, uh, just me and Jake. And uh, yeah, 80 points. Um, I'll just hit my team really quickly. I mean, returns from Mendy and Rabo. Uh, Shaw actually got me kind of a lucky assist. Um, you know, Bernardo not super involved in the game. Uh, Captain Sala, I know it was tough. Him versus Aguero. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Lucas Mora had a great goal for me. Mane had a good goal and some bonus points. And then, of course, Aguero. My big issue right now is definitely in the goal. I think I messed up. I went with Patricio. I knew Wolves were an attacking team. I thought that they would be somewhat organized defensively, but they seem to be just kind of all over the place. So how was your your week then? Yeah, I mean, I'll just sum it up because our teams are pretty similar. Uh, The only difference really is that Richarlison was my, like, Lucas Mora and got a good return again. Um, Jota is a concern in the midfield for me. He just hasn't looked very good. Um, And then Man United's terrible. I've really made two big decisions now. And again, like you said, we'll talk about it. But I captained Salah this week to play it safe in a way. And I I don't regret my decision, but it was the wrong decision ultimately. And then I also have Bailly in my team because I was concerned about Man United again playing it safe and I think the teams ahead of me they they went for it more and they're slightly more successful because of that so kudos to them yeah I think that's something that maybe we'll have to think about talk about do a little bit more research on is this whole idea of like playing it safe versus going for it and what points in the season it's better to be be playing aggressively or if there is like a time of the season that's better there were a lot of managers that i was uh you know reading kind of on twitter that were saying the beginning of the season is the time to take risks and then there were a lot of managers that were saying the opposite like you play it safe in the beginning and then as the year goes on you take more risks yeah that's it's definitely a good question i think you know maybe a little bit of research and looking into it and maybe possibly posting an article about it in the near future so yeah Okay, uh, well, that's how our teams did. Let's see how the league dive leaderboard looks. Uh, at FPL underscore Jim, our boy, tweeted, absolutely what you want to wake up to on a Monday morning. I'm coming for that t-shirt, lads. Uh, I think he, he had like posted a picture of him in the top 10. I don't remember exactly uh, where he's at. Uh, Jim, you'll have, to, you'll have to update me on that. My bad. So top 10, league dive. Uh, number one, tied for first. Uh, Fred the Red, Chris Moore, and Vinnie Jones's diary, J.G. Hodge, our boy, the hodgepodge master, uh, both at 192 total points, so off to a great start to the season. Uh, tied for third and fourth, Metal Gear Solid, Solid, yeah, it's a Metal Gear Solid joke. Uh, Matt Williamson at 186, and Chicken Caesar Sala. Anthony Clark, that's a good one, at 186 as well. Uh, oh, also Lone Wolves, John Eric Tor. Torstein, Torstenstein, Torstenstein. That's a hard name. At 186 points, uh, sixth place, Pog Baba Black Sheep, Matthew Polner. Seventh, one man, one Scar, Joseph Jostin. Uh, also, I believe tied for seventh with 180 points, Mount uh, Eden Munters, Jordan Pierce, and then ninth, Shadow FC, uh, and tenth is 
our boy Jake Close, Arson's replacement. So Jake, good job keeping in in tenth place. I'm currently in eleventh. I just want to give myself a shout out, but not in the top ten. Yeah. No one wants to hear about Team Eleven. No, slightly hanging on, so uh, just barely. Yeah, we got to get up there because, I, like I said, I, I really don't want to have to send a shirt overseas. That's going to be so expensive for us. Yeah, definitely. I, it, it's so weird. I was taking some time yesterday at work, which I definitely shouldn't be doing, but uh, you know who cares. Um, looking, I'm at, going to send this to your boss. Yeah, please don't. Um, no, it's funny when I have it up. Like people like look at me like I like I'm an alien. They're like, "What is this website that he's looking at? Like it doesn't make any sense." I've had one guy who was like. Oh, soccer, huh? Are you a soccer fan? I was like, yeah. So we talked about it a little bit, but everyone else just looks <laughs> utterly confused. Like, uh, I don't know. They just kind of like walk away and stay silent, which is kind of nice. But what you could um, just start doing is putting like outrageous pornographic pictures up on your screen, and then no one would look at your screen anymore. They'd all just be like, no, no. Well, no. that's what I. That's what I feel like it is. Like, like <laughs> people like don't look at it because they like don't understand it. So, which is fine, right? And but that's how it is with re- porn too. Everyone would watch it if they understood it better. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, there's just not a lot of variability right now, which is like a good and a bad thing. But I think we should talk about it because I do think there's there's options to be different right now, whether that's good or bad, or will pay off in the long term. I think it's there, but like most of the teams pretty similar. I think the big difference for us was we just didn't captain Aguero this week. So yeah, for sure. And we'll talk about that in just a moment here. Um, Really quickly, let's just hit some FPL tidbits, just some like kind of recent news or things for those that maybe don't follow things as strictly, but listen to the podcast. So just keep an eye on Shaw. Uh, He did like catch his foot on that assist that he got this week so potential that he could be hurt he's not listed as hurt in the game but there was some talk about it uh Vardy shown red uh Juan Masaka shown red I think Juan's just going to be out for one game is that right Jake yeah I I think that's the the news right now if that changes we'll maybe let people know so yeah uh I guess that that's a good question too is like how do you handle that like let's say you just brought in Vardy or you had Juan Masaka on your team a lot of people were moving Juan out already. I think he's got like sixty or 80,000 transfers out. And I believe the guy that's been kind of benefiting from that is, is his name Bennett, right? From Wolves, the other 4.0 defender that has played the first two matches of the season. Do you, do you think it's like worth spending a transfer on Juan Basaka? No, unless you really need to, because your team's not gonna, you're not gonna be able to field an eleven. Um, he looked really good, and it's a shame he got the red card. Um, obviously, if you have like two players, which which probably a fair amount of teams do with Vardy. Uh, I mean, we talked about bringing Vardy in, even um, then. Yes, you're gonna have to do someone, but I would actually be more inclined to change out Vardy. He does have really good fixtures coming up, too. I think there's just better options in that range, if that makes sense. You can drop down to, like, in an, uh, I don't know if Arnautovic is the best player, but just as an example, Tosin, Arnautovic, Zaha, all, you know, in that price range. So it's a little bit hard with Vardy because he's $9 million and Lacazette and Firmino are 9.5. Um, but, yeah, so. Fair, yeah. 
Uh, okay. And then the last thing is Sanchez is apparently trying to get back to fitness. I didn't even know he was hurt. Uh, he was dropped from the side. He just posted a picture on Instagram or something like trying to get ready for the next game week or two game weeks or something like that. So, uh, if you have him in your team, get him out anyways. It was a bad pick and now he's time to go. Yeah, it's actually crazy that we even like considered. I can't, I mean, you didn't consider him. I considered him for like a day and was like, uh, maybe. Well, uh, just glad I avoided him altogether. So. Yeah, well, that, one of us is an idiot and the other one isn't. Yeah, one of us is in uh, ahead of the other in the standings, too. So Right, by so. two points. Yep. Well, well more, more than zero. So I want to fly to L.A. and punch you in the face right now. <laughs> you know, uh, just also have to give a shout out to... Uh, our last place player in our old Rippin League, um, Jim, really struggling right now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We Can't have a we, well. We should update the listeners. We do have a small a mini league with just. Is there just five of us now this year? Yeah, just five. So. Yeah, five of us that all played college soccer together, and uh, yeah, our buddy Jim is currently in last, which is solid. So he will be continuing to get a shout out on this pod if he continues to perform at that level. Uh, all right, let's get into the game week performances. Um, you know, just like last week, we're not going to go through every single match. We'll kind of, we picked maybe eight or 10 of like the kind of big events or big things that happen in the game week. If you do, if we didn't cover something that like you were expecting us to, you can always go back and just look on the FPL page to figure out who scored and who didn't. Uh, quick comment though, just on the game week. I actually did not know this. Uh, uh, Jason Hodge in his article uh, links to or, or posted a link to the NBC Sports highlights page. I actually didn't even know this existed. Um, NBC Sports has a YouTube channel that basically does three minute highlights roughly of every single game. So for most of us, we can't watch every single game. And I know that some people, especially like uh, the, the British fans, the UK fans like watch match of the day. Um, a little harder to get match of the day sometimes over here in the U.S., like unless you can find somewhere just to stream it. So, uh, yeah, YouTube, like three-minute kind of highlights to see the scoring plays or like the big fouls. Uh, it's pretty cool, Jake. Did you, did you know that was existed? Yeah, I've actually used it on YouTube a little bit. It, the one caveat I would say is that it can kind of blind you from the rest of the game when you're just seeing the highlights. So definitely good to watch, but, you know... Take it in a nutshell would be my advice. So, what does that mean, Jake? Take it in a nutshell. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess I would think that like there's still a whole world outside the nutshell that you're not looking at. I don't know if that's that's a correct term or if people use that term. You, but that's, you, need, you just made that term up. That's not a that's not a term. I, maybe I did, but I, I guess I'm just saying is like if you just look at the goals, you're like, oh yeah, these players look really good, but that doesn't really tell you about how they performed for the full 90 minutes which is what i am much more interested in again too as we talk about and we've talked about it in the past is you can't just look at all the underlying stats as well because you know like look at a player like richarlison last year good underlying stats for the most part but he couldn't finish to save his life so it doesn't really matter how many shots he has on goal but well you know what they say you know take it as you would uh bottle of wine stored in a closet hashtag closet wine yeah i don't i haven't heard that one but i'll i'll remember it bringing it back all right uh all right so big performances i think the biggest thing of the game week was aguero versus sala who you captained huge debate 
uh, on the online world about which player was better uh, to pick. Um, of course, Aguero finishes with three goals and an assist. Salah finishes with two assists, uh, no bonus points as usual. Um, and so the Aguero captainers really flew this week. I'm actually not like too upset. I captained Salah personally. Um, I still think it was a, a pretty good choice. We didn't know for sure who was going to start. There was that Guardian article that leaked about Aguero possibly being dropped. I know that it didn't have sources, but sometimes those things are enough to scare us. And the other thing is, Salah is is still really high in XG and XA, um, expected goals and expected assists. And Poole actually has the highest expected goals at 6.71 after two matches of any team. I'm not too upset about picking, picking Salah. And actually, after his two-assist performance, he's not that far it didn't put me that far behind Aguero captainers. No, exactly. It's a shame that he didn't get any bonus, um, which again blows my mind, but that's just kind of the type of player that Salah is. But I agree with everything you said, and I think the big thing is Aguero is more of a risk still, especially with Pep um, when you do that. So like the players who picked him just took more of a risk, and it paid off. Um, just like some people captained Mane game week one, over Salah like definitely more of a risk so it's it's just the way it goes I think the main thing to remember is that Man City was at home to Huddersfield Huddersfield is just a bad team they they may be the worst team in the Premier League um and then you know Crystal Palace is much better and they were at home and they bunkered and they they played better defense but Liverpool had a lot of chances to get more goals um, Salah had some chances to get more goals. He puts one more goal in. It's a it's a big, different story. So yeah, he was in the goal when Juan Basaka took him down. Yeah, exactly. So that's a goal. He gets fourteen points. Probably gets max bonus or at least a couple bonus, and then he's like a a couple points off of Aguero, and it's not a big deal at all. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I was watching that pool Crystal Palace game. Basically, the entire. Liverpool team is set up to get the ball to Mane and Salah the entire game. It's really unusual. Like, not all the players are involved. They basically are just pinging the ball forward to them whenever they can. And then those guys just try to take them on. I mean, Salah must have been in the goal like three times in the match. Yeah, I mean, those guys are not leaving my team anytime soon. It's it's hard with Salah because he's such an expensive player, but he just he still gets returns every game week, and that's just what you want. So yeah, at Kiwi Nick underscore FPL asked us, is Mane essential at the moment? I would answer that as a yes. I think he is essential at the moment. Um, in the, in the fact that he is likely of all these midfielders, and we'll talk about more of them, um, to continue to get a lot of returns. Uh, they, I think we, I think I need to be careful at which lower mids are going to continue to return at the rate that they're returning. Like, again, it's been two weeks. Um, is Richarlison going to score every week? I don't, I don't think so. Does that mean I'm going to get rid of him from my team? Maybe not, but, um, I think some teams I've been looking at, they have guys like Pedro, Richarlison, Walcott, and another, you know, like, I, I don't know, maybe even like Mickey. Um, 
I don't think those players are going to continue to be super successful where I think Mane has a much better chance of getting a lot Mm. more points consistently. The one downfall is that he didn't take the penalty kick this, this Uh, last day. So that's a, that's a downer for me. Yeah. We both kind of thought that he was on that after the preseason in which he took both and made both. Um, He did have six, he does have six shots and five attempted assists in the first two matches of the year. And his expected goals right now is 1.72. Um, and he scored actually three goals. So he's he's outscoring his expected goals. But that said, you know, the Liverpool team, I think their expected goals is like 6.7 or something right now. Uh, they're just going to bang goals all year. And, and yeah, I think that he's essential. And I think Salah is too. Like I said, he's number one of all players in expected goals at 2.27 and number two in expected assists at 1.04. So I don't see why you wouldn't have those two guys on your team. I would totally get rid of like someone like Firmino if you have him. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's underperforming right now, um, but he's, he's just less worth it to me. There's also, again, like a lot of forward options that are cheaper that I think are going to continue to return at just as good of rates as he will for the whole season. I mean, he'll definitely have some weeks where he just bangs a ton of goals Mm -hmm. um, and is really awesome. And you're like, why don't I have him? But for his cost, which I think is a very fair cost, I just don't think he's essential. And I think right now I would stay away. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, the whole team's just set up to feed Salah and Mane. So, all right, we got to get off Liverpool. They they did have another clean first team, uh, only team to have two cleans in the first two game weeks. Uh, but we should get into, I think, Crystal Palace. Let's just quickly talk about them. They're good. They're really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, they're also very, like, set. I feel they're not going to be making a ton of changes. Um, the question is... The question for me with Crystal Palace is where do you like get the benefits from them? Um, is it better to have like a two defender Crystal Palace team or is it going to be better to continue to have Zaha? I mean, you watched this game. I was at work, unfortunately. What did you think of him? Did he get a lot of chances or? Well, Crystal Palace on the whole did not get a ton of chances, but Zaha is just so dangerous because he's quick and also he's not afraid to try to take six guys on at once. Um, Benteke is so hilarious to watch. Like he goes from being, you watch him, you're like, oh my gosh, he's one of the best hold up forwards in the league at some points, right? Where he's like nodding balls down, collecting things off his chest. Although Van Dyke did kind of munch him most of the game. Uh, but then he just does like bonehead stuff. Like he just skied a ball, like at one point on a free, like shot from 18. And so I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, I think that, well, I think the defense is probably where the money's at. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the one big question for me still is Schlupp. He started again, but Max Meyer did get subbed on in like the 85th minute or whatever it is. But Schlupp at 4.5 with those the like Crystal Palace's clean sheet shouts um and him playing in the midfield like against other teams like he's if he plays there he's like almost a a must add for me like much more valuable than even Juan Basaka cuz you're only paying 0.5 more and you can get a lot more points um another player like that I know you know we're jumping off topic real quick here but Pereira for Leicester 
um, one of the guys in our leagues is was asking if he's like a like I need to get him in the team right now. And I think if you're wild carding, I think he should be in your team um, just based on the two weeks, which is again limited. But he's five zero, and he's also playing in the midfield, so good option there. Yeah. How about City though? Just really quickly then, like as we kind of move on here, they set up a little bit differently uh, for the match. Sterling, Sane both on the bench uh, for that match. Walker, even on the bench, who we thought was basically completely safe and nailed all season. Um, They set up completely differently. They played with two up front with Jesus and the Kuhn. Pretty impressive performance by them. Um, Only big downer for me was was Bernardo Silva not being very involved and was kind of playing like a wing-back, wing-forward role. I don't know. That was my thought on that game. I mean, they demolished them, but but Bernardo, who a lot of people have brought in, did not really get that involved. Most of the attacking came through the left side and Mendy. Yeah, that's exactly what I you know felt like when I watched, um, and then also what I've read and looked at heat maps and everything. So, what's so hard though is we're not even like I agree with everything you said, but what about like the Sterling owners? Like yeah. I feel bad for those guys. Like, right. Like that Sterling looked really great. And now he doesn't even play the next game. Like that's, what's so hard about city. Um, I was like very sad as just an FPL person that Ederson got an assist. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, at least like, you know, Mendy got an assist. They didn't keep a clean. So anyone else who has like Ederson w- wouldn't have gotten extra points. Amazing to me that he, got a return um which is great great for ederson owners so i'm it's really hard because their attack is so good um i think they're a team we need to know more and see what pep is gonna do um but it it's really hard for me to invest like say in a midfielder pricier than bernardo silva and coon when there's so much rotation like so the question is do i just go mendy um and like ederson and and just hope they keep more clean sheets and that way i still have three man city players i don't know i think that's a really tough question right now yeah um side note but about this as well if you haven't watched the amazon prime show all or nothing the new kind of like documentary semi-documentary show about man city um even if you're not like a man city fan it's really interesting it's very well done i know that a lot of it is just done for the cameras but it's still interesting you do get to see like some stuff in the locker room uh you know they interview a lot of the players and the coaching staff um anyways i've i'm off work for about another week and a half here and so that has been like my kind of free time is it something that's like completed or are they doing shows like by the by the week or no, something? No, so they it was for last season. So it okay. covers all of last season. Um there's eight episodes. They're about like forty five minutes to fifty five minutes a piece. Um they're good. They're really entertaining and uh I was saying to you when I was last Thursday I first started it when it first got released and uh I was watching it and in the beginning they interview in the first episode they interview Aguero who I I have never really heard like speak I I don't think he he just doesn't like show up to interviews a lot and things like that Uh, and I always kind of thought he was like this big tough dude um you know because he's like this goal scorer I kind of imagined he'd be like cocky and and it was just like they showed him in his house and he's like this is my tv 
And I don't watch scary movies on this TV because I live alone and I would be very scared. I'd have to lock all the doors. <laughs> oh, my God. But then, That's like, funny. Yeah, like watching him bang goals and stuff. I was like, I even told you, I was like, I have to Captain Aguero. And you were like, no, you have to Captain Sala. I'm like, you're right. I do. No. Wait, is that like a, a jab at me that I I ruined your FPL week right No, there? no, no, no. I had to cap. I had to Captain Sala, but like just because I was like watching a TV show should not make me Captain Aguero. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I mean, to be fair, like right before like going to bed before the game week, I like f- literally switched to Coon for like a two minutes, and then I was like, I can't do this, and I switched it back. I was yeah. like, I'm done. So, and walked away, but, um, yeah, I mean, although, I mean, we'll say one more thing. I just want to say one more thing about City. I'm really glad I brought in Mendy. It's, has any, like, FPL player in the history for defense ever gotten, like, back-to-back two assist game weeks? Like, that's crazy to me. Uh, that's a good question. I, or, I mean, yeah, he's Or, like, probably two not. returns, I guess. I think he got a goal and assist his first game week, but he's just amazing he's like a he's a must own as well right now 100 percent. yeah he's and he's so freaking good yeah yeah okay um so chelsea take your boys out um galonzo though i think that's who we need to talk about galonzo um you know maybe we need to say our bad on this one both of us said in in our preseason pods that alonzo was someone to probably avoid we thought that because they were playing a flatback four that he would not be getting asked forward but watching the highlights watching a little bit of the game and then looking at the underlying stats alonzo is definitely still getting forward yeah there's actually a good article on this i i forget where i read it um i think it's actually just on the fantasy premier league uh website but it basically describes how alonzo actually is going to get more points in this system. His passing percentage is through the roof with this system for Sari, hmm. and he's still getting just as far forward. So not only is he going to still get the same amount of goals, he's probably going to get more bonus every time um, because his passing percentage is like close to 90%, which is ridiculous for him. Uh, that's the difference right now for me. When I look at the teams in the top 50, all of them have Alonzo. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the one difference. Um, and we talked about it, about going with three really premium defenders. We just, we weren't sure about Alonzo and we were wrong. So, yeah, it's a hard one too, because now to get him in, mm-hmm. I have to like tear a lot of the rest of my team up and, or I would have to move Robertson to Alonso, which I'm not sure if I want to do that yet. Um, that said, Liverpool's fixtures turn in about two game weeks, and that would be something that I might look at. Yeah, I really like Robertson, though, too, because he's he's been returning. Um, I think he'll continue to, but that is, he, of the, of the premium backs right now, that will probably take a dip. I do agree. It's probably him. Um, so it's tricky. I, I think one option for me would be to drop Jota to a, a lower midfielder like a Conte, which we can talk about since we're on Chelsea, and then go from like Bai to Alonso. So I could just take a minus four and do that without having to tear up my whole team in wild card. Mm. So that's probably an option for some some teams, um, maybe. So just something to think about. But what do you think about Conte? Well, he's getting further forward. He had a couple of shots. I think he had three shots and two attempted assists in their last match. Um, you know, that's going to be his role now. Someone has to play further up the pitch 
in that central three for Chelsea, uh, just to kind of connect play and link up with the strikers and the wingers. So I don't know. It sounds like it might be him. Yeah, and it looks like it's him. I guess the one thing I'm really struggling with is he just looks off the pace a little bit to me when he gets the ball in good positions. Yeah, he's not used to like receiving the ball under a ton of pressure and then having to like play penetrating balls to guys that are like trying to get on to goal. It's just yeah, not he, the position he plays, really. Yeah, exactly. He plays like a center defensive mid. Like you see him almost through to goal and instead of like taking it with pace, he'll stop the ball and look to play a pass and that kind of hurts yeah. him. So I guess my question is even though he's in a good spot, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll get returns. But is he still worth it? I don't know if I don't know. There's I mean someone could probably write in and be like you're an you're an idiot. Of course he will, well, but Jake, no one needs to write in for that. Yeah. <laughs> we all know what you <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah. I don't know though. That's the one thing that really concerns me. Um big big time. So um but I do like him as a five mil option. Um so yeah, and then Chelsea attack is probably going to be changing a little bit as well so we should talk about that i mean hazard looks amazing he dribbled past bellerin like 55 times in (laughs) 20 20 minutes in the game so that's a pretty good take on percentage there yeah so really good take on percentage um he's gonna be interesting i think as well in sorry system so uh just a little side note somebody tweeted at us last week like Hey guys, love the pod. Specifically, like that the one guy makes fun of the doctor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll keep that going. No worries there. Yeah, so. there are no worries about that. Uh, okay, um, I guess we'll just kind of wrap things up quickly because we probably need to get into like game week three preview. Uh, but Kane did snap his August curse. Uh, hadn't scored ever, I don't think, in the Premier League in August, and he scored this last weekend. Um, Richarlison scores again. Uh, Walcott scores and gets an assist. Uh, both of them playing well. Richarlison, four shots, two attempted assists in the two matches. Um, Walcott, three shots, two attempted assists in the two matches. And Walcott actually was into goal another time uh, in the second half, uh, and he completely botched it. That's kind of what you get with Walcott, though. Um, so two guys to kind of keep an eye on. Richarlison is price rising fast. I think he might jump to 6.8 tonight. He's at 6.7 now. Walcott, not so much. Uh, so maybe Walcott's like a way in. I don't like Walcott very much, but our buddy at the bottom of our league does, Jimmy. So uh, I don't know, Jake. Do you have If you had to move like to one of them right now, would you pick one over the other? I am kind of thinking that Walcott might not be a bad decision i mean i know he blows a lot of chances but i think richarlison is way above his like x goals and i don't think he's going to continue to perform this well that being said i didn't watch the everton game so i don't this this time round um but i mean i know he was two for two in game one and i just this is a guy who completed five percent of his chances um for the whole year last year and i know he's on a better team um and again like that Will he be at 5%? Probably not, but I also don't think he's going to be a player that's in like the 20% range either. So Yeah, nice comment on the XGs. So Richarlison uh, is at an XG of 1.17, uh, 
right now, and he has three goals. Walcott has one goal and is at an XG of 1.11, so roughly the same. The big difference is actually in the um, expected assists, where Richarlison has a .08 expected assists, which is super low for a winger, and Walcott has .61 expected assists after the first two matches. Yeah, so... me, I honestly, if I was considering wildcarding and tearing my team up, I would almost go Walcott to be a little bit different. Hmm. Um, same price, both still probably going to play a lot and get a lot of chances. So yeah. I don't think it's a bad shout at all. Hmm. All right. Um, United got destroyed by Brighton. LOL, 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 um, Not necessarily something we were expecting. And I think we'll just bring this question in to kind of be able to talk about it. Um, at Sharar, S-H-A-R, S-H-R-A-R, Sharar, yeah, Sharar97, uh, I used up my two free transfers early on getting King and Ozil out, but before their price drops. Uh, but now I fear Bai will not be starting next week. Thoughts on taking a minus four to bring in PVA or Bellerin? So let's just address that first part. Bai not starting next week. Definitely a chance now after this performance. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't get to watch the game, but whenever you give up three goals to like Brighton, probably something wrong with your back line. So it's definitely a good question. I mean, he's one of the guys that I want to get out on my team as well. So uh, it's a, it's something that I think isn't necessarily wrong. I, I don't think minus four, like will kill you for the whole season. Um, but I would be... I don't think either of those players are a bad choice. Yeah, it probably just depends, but I would be much more inclined to try to go up um, to a, a better option. So, Well, I don't know. PVA and Bellerin, Arsenal's fixtures turning now, and like we just said, Crystal Palace, fixtures looking good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not wrong. Um, I just think that you're going to get a lot more out of like having a Robertson, Alonso, and Mendy, but... Uh, to answer the question just simply, I think yes. I think you you do consider doing this, um, especially if you have like Juan Basaka who's out and you don't have another starting defender. But I think if you can, maybe don't take the minus four and just wait one week. That's probably yeah, the best answer. That's kind of where so. I would fall to. I mean, we'd obviously have to see the whole team, but that's kind of what I think. Okay, yeah. uh, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we will cover the Game Week 3 preview. Uh, talk a little bit about captains and our plans for the week, and then we'll wrap things up. Stay tuned. We're back. Had to take a quick break, get Jake back on track. He was trying to do ArsCast, but I said no. Uh, to start after the break here, we'd like to take a question from at FPL underscore sexy. FPL sexy is one of my more favorite uh, Twitter friends. I don't know anything about FPL Sexy, but I know that he's sexy and I know that he loves a good podcast. So shout out to FPL Sexy. Uh, if you are ranked one mil or more, I'm at 900K. Have a shocking start. Is it time to wildcard, seen as a lot of top 100 managers wildcarded early last year? Or would you strictly keep it for this international break? So I think that international break is between game weeks four and five. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So basically just saying like I'm off to a really rough start to the season. I'm at 900K. Wildcard now. Or do I just 
kind of limp through the next two game weeks. What do you think, Jake? Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to see your opinion on this. I'm str- I'm really strongly considering doing it, but the hard thing is, is like my team's not bad. Um, I mean, I have guys like Richarlison and Mane who are tops in the midfield. Uh, I have Rabo and Mendy who are doing really well. Um, I had Aguero, like I want him on my team still. So I wouldn't be adjusting my team a ton. Um, and I think the question is, can I just, you know, hold this week or make a transfer one week at a time and, and not fall too far behind, um, by the time the international break and I'm, I'm 50, 50 on it. So I don't think it's wrong either way you go. I think again, you're just taking more risk because if you do that wild card and things change a lot, you could be in a lot of trouble. So, right. So that, that is the issue. Um, I think that it's nice if you can wait till the international break, but that's what we're always judging with the wild card is like, does my wild card give me an advantage later? Because I know I have more information and I can make more informed picks, but what happens if I wait too long and I fall so far behind that it doesn't even matter that, you know, I'm able to make better picks. Um, personally, if I'm in that situation, like around a million, um, and like I said before at the beginning of the pod, the FPL Twitterverse is really flying right now. The kind of the FPL community is really flying right now. Um, the template is pretty, pretty established. Like you were saying, Jake, like in terms of who has what players, I don't know. I, I could see totally like just taking a wild card like this week or even next week and just trying to get your team kind of like closer to template, make sure that you have playing players um, and then saving that free transfer going into next week so that during the international break, you had two free transfers to have some maneuverability. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, are you saying you would wait if it was you? So if I'm FPL sexy, I'm probably wildcarding. If I'm myself or you, who basically have very similar teams and are, I mean, what are we both in the top 100,000 probably? Yeah. Uh, I haven't even looked at my R. I should probably do. Uh, that. I'm at I'm at like seventy four thousand, so you're probably right there. Okay, so. maybe around eighty something. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for me, I think that I just need to like get myself through a couple more game weeks and then make some changes once I have a little bit more information. I have the benefit of a nice start to the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So it's it's a definitely definitely a tricky question but i do think we are a little bit more established but again i mean like guys like erickson still um people who wildcard probably won't want to bring him in the team but i still like him i think he's going to be good and he's dropping in price so like for me if i can kind of ride the wave and and boost my players a little bit more um and just kind of take out guys that are dropping slowly like jota and and stuff like that and replace them with better players i'm i'm gonna try to hold so okay let's get into the game week three preview um pool and city are the only two teams with a greater than 50 percent chance implied odds of keeping a clean sheet and arsenal and chelsea are higher than 40 percent everybody else is lower than 40 percent which is kind of like how it works every week um i did just tweet out uh, a couple of the resources that we use to find like these xgs and things of that nature um odds on fpl uh that's how you spell it odds on fpl.com um is a really nice website 
uh, I've been chatting with the owner of, of Odds On FPL a little bit. Um, basically, they take bookies' odds and convert them into implied odds. I think I'm saying that correctly, of like who's expected to score and keep clean sheets. It's a nice little resource to help kind of get an idea. As everyone knows, the bookies know more than we do. Uh, so with that information, let's jump into the matches. Uh, Wolves play City. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this game. The big question is who starts for City uh, and can they keep a clean sheet against Wolves away from home? Yeah, um, I don't I don't think there's anyone who can answer this question. I think we're just going to have to keep an eye on everything. Um, you would have to think that like he doesn't rest Sterling two games in a row, though, right? Like, right. That's so yeah i i'm I'm really surprised that city's uh implied clean sheet odds are greater than 50 percent for this match away from home wolves have been very good offensively uh i mean i'm thinking it's going to be like a three or four one victory for city yeah so i guess the question is do they stick with the formation they played with last week or go back to the formation they play with play game week one and just based on like gut feeling i do think they go back to more like a one striker system yep i think you're completely right because pep wants to play that two striker system against teams that sit really deep and i don't think wolves are going to do that in their 3-4-3 they're going to look to press and take space away from city which is going to leave them super open um i really do hope aguero starts but uh, again i fear captaining him because uh you it would make total sense for Sané to start, Sterling to start, Walker to start, and for Aguero to end up somewhere on the bench. Yeah, but then who plays that role up top? I feel like it's got to be him. I, I don't know, but I guess you're right. It could. And then I do think, gut feeling again, I think Silva is not going to get a ton of returns. Am I going to just take him out of my team again in this game? No. Um, probably not. I'll leave him and give him a couple more weeks to see how he does. So, and I, I definitely need to look to see what other guys are thinking as well on Silva. So, yeah. okay. Uh, Arsenal West Ham, uh, your boys really need a result here. Arnie scored a goal this last week. Um, Obama man missed, I think two like free sitters right in front of the goal. Mickey missed a free sitter right in front of the goal besides the goal that he had, uh, from an FPL perspective, um, Arsenal's back line, again, like we said, looking to possibly keep a clean sheet in this match. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm afraid to pick Arsenal players right now. I know that their schedule is uh, tough to start the year, but they're kind of on again, off again, just like they were last year. Yeah, after watching their games, I, I'll keep this to FPL, but I'll I'll say a quick story. So I watched the whole Chelsea game. Um, lots of ups and downs in that game for me. Uh, but I, after the game, well, first of all, during the game in that second half, I'm just like, they're going to lose for sure. Like they're going to lose because they've, they've now been bossed most of the second half. Um, they just seem to like lose it a little bit. And, and I, I just was like, this is the same old arsenal. I'm like, what's really changed? And I'll give them some time. But I walked into the like the other room with my wife. I was like, I'm not watching an Arsenal game for the rest of the year. And ah, she's like, there it is. Yeah, typical Jake, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, there's there's no way in hell that you actually stay true to that. We all know you're going to keep watching Arsenal games. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. But um, So I, <clears throat> I think Mickey is a really good ad. Uh, he looks good. Um, I think that... 
I would still go with Arsenal offense right now. Um, I think they're going to score a lot of goals. They they looked really good against Chelsea, and Chelsea is not that bad of a defensive team. I know they're in a new system, and they still have like some kinks to work out, but Arsenal's going to get a lot of goals. Yeah, so. you don't think, though, that Mickey's at risk of getting rotated with Lacazette sitting on the bench? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Emery just seems to not want to play Lacazette, though. Like, he, two game weeks in a row didn't start. Actually, Lacazette looked really good, and Arsenal yeah. looked much better when they brought him in, and then he pissed the ball away for the, the final goal. Yeah. Like, that goal was completely his fault. So It's probably your I, fault because you're a shitty yeah. Arsenal fan. Yeah, probably my fault too. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's necessary in this team. Honestly, I don't want to see Ozil play ever again. I don't because you're racist. Uh, it's because I'm, I guess. So he just doesn't, he doesn't do anything. Like what, what's he there for anymore? Yeah. Doesn't play defense. He he doesn't create. He's sad to watch play. Like, because you know what he used to be. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. uh, everything. He just always looks sad too. You know, I'm sad. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's hard because that Arsenal team was built and you're like, what, what were they thinking? Like, but like, I, I could just see, like, maybe Ramsey taking Ozil's spot and, like, keeping Mickey on the right wing. Like, I don't know, but I think he's the player to have. I think Obama man is going to score goals. I, I think that was really unusual for him, and his expected goals are still high. But, like, would I bring him in? No. So okay. that's my take on it. Thanks so. for Arscast. We really appreciate it. Let's move on. Uh, Bournemouth-Everton, another match that definitely could produce some goals. Colin Wilson off to a great start this year. Um, Richarlison, Walcott, guys to watch for sure. Um, you know, defensively, I I don't think any of the assets on either team are really worth putting into the mix right now. Uh, neither team has, has been great defensively, um, but I'd definitely be watching those guys. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be lots of goals in this game. I will say, uh, I think Frazier is an interesting shout. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm strongly considering him. The one downfall for me is I won't be able to bring in Alonzo if I bring him in for Jota because of the price drop. But I, I really like him, and he's a good differential. Yeah. The other thing, though, is you, you talked about the defenses, which are both bad, which I agree. But Cook um, for Bournemouth seems to get into the tack a fair amount. Um, and I know that um some of the twitter sphere was talking about him in the past and i still think he's one to keep an eye on as well okay uh huddersfield cardiff not a lot of uh fpl implications in this match um peltier not in the squad for cardiff did you see why that was i couldn't find anything about it no i need to do more research but it's concerning for me with juan basaka on a red card that and and then bye so i'm i'm pretty worried um but, but yeah, I guess if if now's the time if you have these players, so who knows what would happen in this game? But yeah, there's just not a lot really to talk about because not that many people have many of those players. Exactly. Uh, so let's just jump to Southampton Leicester then. Um, Danny Ings, an interesting option at Southampton, actually had a, a sitter right in front of goal uh, before he scored, kind of like a deflection goal later in the match. So he's going to be in and around the goal mouth. He's going to be um, creating some shots. The Southampton team is not worthless this year. They're, they're going to create some offensively. Um, and on the other end, Lester, Vardy on that red. So probably the Nacho Man comes back in. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, if I'm to take one player from either of these teams moving forward, um, it would be Ings. Or just wait till Vardy comes back. What's your take on Madison? I, I, I think that he's a good player, but I'm not sure if he is going to continue to like return really high. Um, super, but I just want your your thoughts. Yeah, super, super low expected goals and expected assists. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I, I did just read them this morning. Um, like really low, sub 0.25 after two matches for both of them. Um, so he did score a goal in the last match. It was a deflected goal uh, that completely changed and went the other way. Um, so good for him. Uh, I think he's a very talented player. Uh, I don't think that he's a great FPL asset. Yeah, I agree. That's that's my take on it as well. So I would be be very hesitant to switch him in for like a Jota mm-hmm. or somewhere else, or like if you're trying to drop down from another player. So just, there's just too just many there's too many guys in that price range. Yeah, better options. I right. think. Like I think Walcott's a much better option, or Mickey is a much better option. Right. So. Uh, okay, Liverpool and Brighton. Uh, Brighton's going to be riding high after their match against United, but I would guess that Liverpool would knock them back down. Uh, you know, like we talked a little bit earlier, basically the entire team is set up to just get the ball to Mane and to Salah, and I could not believe the amount of like half chances that were arising during that match for Liverpool. Like if a touch just goes slightly the other way, or if a ball is just you know inches to one side or to the other on on a through pass, how these guys could just score and score and score. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping Brighton, like, what was Brighton's, like, game week one result? I feel like they gave up a fair amount of goals. I forget who they played, though. Uh, Um, We can look right now. Uh, Brighton lost 2-0 to Watford in the first match of the year. Yeah, so, I mean, like, Brighton's just much worse away from home, so I'm, like, licking my chops at this game yeah that's not Um, all you're gonna lick yeah no no that's about it so i mean i'm hoping that liverpool puts like four past brighton and i think that's definitely possible so yeah high likelihood uh any players on brighton that you're interested in i think gross is still an interesting player or you mean grab 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 yeah so and we just lost our our listener that wrote into us last week yeah it's we can't we can't help it so yeah um but I think he is still an interesting player. I would wait, but you know, he again, he creates a lot for Brighton. They're not like the worst team in the league, so if they can put three past Man United, you know, they're going to they're going to score goals. They're just much better at home, but yeah. Gross is one of those players that is a little bit like he's like one of those guys that's like it doesn't matter what fixtures it is, he can definitely score. So, yeah. Okay, uh, Watford Crystal Palace. We've already talked a lot about Crystal Palace, so I don't think we need to talk too much about their assets. But I do think that um, that that they will be more organized. That Roy Hodgson will have them ready to go coming off of this Liverpool match that they lost, and they they played decent actually in the match. A downer that Juan Bissaka will not be playing because I probably would have started him in this match. Uh, but I do see some potential for Zaha. Let's talk a little bit about Watford because they, uh, they've they won both of their starting matches to the season. Um, Dini actually played quite well in the last match, a goal and an assist. Um, Gray scored a goal in the last match. Your boy Hughes scored a goal in, the, in his last match. Um, Pereira had two goals in the first match. I don't know. They've got some. They've got some assets, but it's really hard 
for me at least to like want to commit to putting funds into the Watford team. Yeah, I don't I don't think you should now at this point. Um I was tempted. We I talked with our group about going with like Watford forwards and was higher on Dini and it could have paid off, but I think their fixtures are going to get worse and it's not going to be worth it. They're not a bad team though by any means. Um, but I do think they're one of those teams that it's it's going to be spread out who scores and who gets returns. Um, they're still going to struggle against top sides. Um, so yeah, I I wouldn't consider going to any of those players. Um, I, and I guess like the good news is other people won't as well. Um, so you're not probably going to get hurt by it if all of a sudden yeah. they go on a tear. But yeah, I don't know. It's too bad that they're not priced just a little bit lower. Like Pereira, instead of being six six starting the season at six, he's at six one now. But instead of starting the season at six, like he's at five five. You know what I mean? Or like even Dini, like at five five. It just seems like such a stretch for some of these players from Watford to like want to put them into your team. Yeah, I I, th- I just think we need to know more, but I don't know. I think if you go 5-5 five, five with those players, like they're going to be on a lot of teams, but it, it's hard, so. Yeah. Okay, uh, Fulham-Burnley. Um, you know, I don't really know like what to take from this match. I have Carney on my team. Um, you know, he's he's been pretty decent. Uh, not super high expected goals or expected assists, but uh, but a lot of passes and a lot of touches in the opponent's half and things like that. Um, my boy Camera up top. I also have him. He played 87 minutes in the last match, so he started and played quite a bit. Um, of course, it was against Tottenham, uh, so he didn't produce very good stats. But two players to kind of keep an eye on for myself. Um, a lot of people looking at like still looking at Burnley defense. I see a lot of managers thinking about bringing Hart in. Um, I know that Pope's out for a while. Do we know what's going on with Heaton? Is he going to be back at some point, or what's going on there? I don't know. It's it's really interesting, but uh, I'm not interested in Burnley defense still. I think just with like having to deal with Europa, they're just it's it's hard for them, and they're again they're going to continue to give up goals, and their defenders are priced at five this year, which is a real big turnoff for me. They don't have a lot of attacking returns typically, although Tarkowski just got a goal, I think. But mm-hmm. um, I, I'm staying away. And I also think Fulham offensively look good. Like They they kind of outperformed Spurs for much of that second half. Um, and to me, I think that Mitrovic is an interesting player mm-hmm. uh, still for Fulham. So I, I am honestly... If I had to pick who wins this game, I think Fulham pulls through. So. Yeah, Mitra hit the the woodwork uh, in their last match, actually. Yeah, and then scored like immediately right after yeah. that, and it was it was a good goal. I mean, like Sassignan mishit it um, and was probably trying to get it on frame, but it went right across the goal. And oh, yeah. as Mitrovic is just lying there, yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah. heads I it. I forgot about past that. Yeah. So. He like kind of half got up and just headed it in, like he was still on his knees, right? Yeah, it was actually a really well-taken goal, and I think he is a player to keep an eye on. Would I bring him in right now? No, but so. Like Mitrovic, you are always best on your knees, Jake. Uh, yeah, that's that's not true, but I don't know what else The listeners at home all know it is. Uh, Newcastle-Chelsea, you got to think that Hazard's probably going to start this match now. 
Um, probably it's going to be Willian. That's Will I am making way uh, because Pedro's been banging too many goals. We've already talked about Galanzo a little bit and a little bit about Conte. Uh, you know, Newcastle, just a tough start to the season for them. Um, now, Kennedy did get that retroactive ban, didn't he? Um, I actually don't know. I think he, I'm pretty sure he did. Remember, he kicked out. He at should. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty he sure should have. I think I just so. read that he did. So, um, you know, I think Chelsea will win this match. Um, it looks like they're starting to kind of gel a little bit and understand what Sari's looking for. Um, I could definitely see a clean sheet as well for them. Um, so hopefully David Luis for me and for a lot of other owners will be able to hold out. Yeah, it's always hard to play at Newcastle though, so uh, I don't know. But I, I am like, I feel like I'm missing out on the Chelsea team right now. Pedro though, like, did he? Was he good? I like feel like I didn't even see him play that much in the last game. I, I think he just keeps getting a goal and like chugging along. But I don't know. Do you really think like he is going to play instead of Will? I am for sure. Uh, like, I don't well, know. no, I don't know. I mean. You know, Pedro has, uh, seems to be a little bit further forward, um, kind of being the little rat that he is. His expected goals are at 0.82, um, yeah. and he has two goals. So he's outperforming that expected. Um, you know, Will I Am is at quite a bit lower. So doesn't even yeah, look I mean, like I he's know getting, Hazard. Yeah, he's not even getting like around the box to score. Yeah, I agree. Like, I wouldn't bring him into my team. And I know, like, Hazard likes to be on the left a little bit more. That's where he was in Mm -hmm. for the end of that Arsenal game. So I guess you're right. I I guess the question for me is, like, is Pedro one to consider? Because I've seen him in a lot of top teams. So that's a harder question for me. Yeah, what I'd be more likely to do is go, like, let's say, you know, you have somebody at a similar price range to Pedro. Uh, what I would be much more apt to do would be to go down lower than Pedro and then use that money to buy Marcus Alonso in your back line. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a way That's better fair. move. Alonso's got way higher XG and XA, and eye test shows him getting as far forward or even further forward than Pedro sometimes. So. Yeah, and let's let's not forget Chelsea played like the two worst defensive teams in the yeah, that's so fair. far. Yeah, so, that's yeah. fair. I want to see what goes on in the next week or two, and then I'm going to be looking to get probably Alonso in, so... Uh, okay, last match, Man United Spurs. Uh, pretty big match for both of those teams, especially after United's loss. Um, you know, I the, the way the two teams play, it's going to kind of be a boring match, I think. I don't know, like United love to just sit super, super deep, and Spurs like to kind of be boring with, with the ball. They, I don't know, they kind of just swing the ball around the back line, and then it's not there, so they swing it back kind of slowly. I mean, when you have, like, Dyer playing as your holding midfielder, it's just so fucking boring to watch. But um, anyways, from an FPL perspective, Kane has broken his curse, someone definitely to watch. That Man United backline is clearly in disarray. Uh, I would expect Spurs to score a goal or two. Um, I just don't know how United are going to get together and start being successful again. Yeah, they're, like really i i guess like they're the one team i'm more concerned about than arsenal you know of the top six sides which is pretty hard to do that is Uh, true that is true but yeah i agree like kane he missed some good chances he still seems off to me um i wouldn't 
I don't know. I agree with you. I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair because I think Man United's defense just seems to get a boost by being at Old Trafford. Um, I wouldn't consider bringing any of these guys in, but if you have them, they're probably going to have to play. What are your thoughts on Mora? I, I mean, I know you were so mad because he yeah. missed some great chances, yeah. but then that goal that he scored was amazing. No, I know. So. I, I'll just say this about Lucas Mora. He's probably going to have to stay in my team for another week or two. Uh, just because of the situation with my my team, if I was wild carding, he would one hundred percent be out, um, and that okay. is a total eye test thing. When I watch him play, uh, he looks so far behind the play. He runs really fast, but anytime he receives the ball, it's like he doesn't know what he's doing with it. He 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 misplays a lot of passes that need to be pinpoint. He's playing kind of like a second striker, and so a lot of times when he receives the ball, it's like back to goal or in really tight areas and it's as though he's just not even technical enough to you know to keep the ball in those areas so he would be completely gone for me I kind of got lucky with him banging a great goal but he missed two sitters right in front of the goalkeeper against Fulham the only plus the only plus is that he found himself in those areas yeah that's exactly what I was going to say you have to consider the fact that he had all those chances but i do agree with your assessment and he also when he gets the ball farther away from goal not only does he make bad decisions decisions and passes but his crosses are are terrible i'm like where are you trying to put that ball in i I mean it was just the one game and, and i but i was like you're not even getting close to other spurs players and you're you have a lot of time so i agree but he's still at seven and being consistently that high up in that team it he's still an interesting player to me yeah, so but i could just see him getting dropped here because lamella's back now uh he yeah. played a few minutes in the last match there's a chance they might just drop him and be like you're done you're not good enough yeah maybe we'll see i gotta i gotta keep an eye on that okay that's all the fixtures uh let's kind of plug along here with things um captain shouts i mean we've already talked a lot about them in terms of like expected goals and things like that but i think sala and aguero are again the two captain shouts yeah i agree um it would be pretty risky to go with anyone else so who i mean just like right now who do you think you're going with um i'm probably going at home gonna go with sala um Although Wolves' defense is terrible, but I, I think it's a good idea to stick with captains that play at home. It just yeah. seems to make a big difference. The other thing that would be interesting, and I bet you a few teams are going to do this, would be to go with Arnautovic. Because, I mean, hmm. my God, Arsenal's defense is just so terrible. Like, but uh, it's, he, just, it's the same with you every freaking week, Jake. You're like, whatever team Arsenal's playing, you should captain that other team's player. Well, I I mean, he's a little bit more like the with Chelsea, I feel like it's hard to determine who's going to get the goals. Um, but like with West Ham, like he's their main guy and he's on pens, but he did play kind of behind Chicharito, yeah. which is a little bit concerning. For sure. So, yeah. okay. Uh, well, we'll keep an eye on it. If anything comes out later in the week, we'll tweet it out. So just um, follow us on Twitter for that. Uh, have you decided, Jake, like on your moves? I mean, you know, we said earlier in the pod, we'd talk a little bit about our plans. Obviously, I am not sold on my moves. It's only Tuesday, but 
Um, I'll share my kind of thoughts first. Um, my thought right now, I have two free transfers going into to game week three. Um, and I actually, I'm not completely sold on this, but here's what I'm thinking at the moment. I'm thinking about doing Bernardo Silva out uh, for Richarlison or Walcott. Uh, I know that I've said I hate Walcott, but I'm still thinking it. Uh, and then I would move on my second transfer, Patricio, over to Ederson. Yeah, it's a really solid couple of moves. Um, I I like both of them. The sad thing is is that you're not getting in Alonzo, who might be the better option. But I think that your team it's going to be difficult because you have Shaw, right. so you're farther away. Um, so let me just comment on that. Uh, then later in the next two game weeks, my moves would, and I know that that's pretty far to plan out. But my two moves would be like possibly holding the next week and then moving like Robertson over to Alonzo once Liverpool's fixtures turn. And then mm-hmm. I could drop Shaw because I think he's going to get dropped soon in the next three game weeks anyways. I could drop Shaw and go to like Trent Alexander-Arnold or Gomez or something like that and get another Liverpool defender. Yeah, it's not bad. But then you're going a lot. Of, I mean, this is down the road, but a lot of Liverpool City D, which isn't wrong. But um, for me... I talked about making an early transfer, so I would avoid the Jota price drop, and I missed it. You know, I just couldn't pull the trigger because I didn't know what player I wanted to go to. It's not a big deal, but it's annoying to transfer out players when they're low. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, you're missing out. Um, But I do like Frazier. I think he's a good differential option and gives me a little bit more in the bank to work with. I'm considering Conte. Uh, the one problem, though, is I need to also address my defense because with Peltier not playing Juan Basaka on a red, I, I'm pretty worried. Uh, so I really have to look at defense um, defenders priced 5.5 and less um, and really take a good look. Um, I would rather move Bailly up to Alonso, so I may consider even taking a minus four because I feel like my team would be very nailed if I go down to like a Conte and then up to an Alonso. Yeah. Um, I think that barring like major injuries, I'd be pretty set for weeks to come if I wanted to wildcard or, or didn't want to wildcard. Would it be stupid to just like if I dropped Lucas Mora down to like Conte and just use that money to immediately upgrade to Alonzo in the back. I think that's a good idea personally. Um, I, I really like that. So you're still missing out on Everton who continues to have really good fixtures and will probably get a lot of returns. That's kind of the downfall. So, yeah, I guess it's something like I could move to later then. Right. Yeah, it's just kind of like what order do you want to do your changes? I mean, to me, I really only want to get two players switched around on my team right now, like immediately, and it's it's Jota and Bai. So okay, all right, uh, let's wrap things up here. You good with that? Yeah. Okay. Just a quick shout out again. We'll have the Hodgepodge article up later today, this evening. Um, Thanks to Mr. J. Hodge for doing that for us. He does nice reflections kind of on the game week, talks about uh, kind of some important things, some of those things we even talked about in the pod, posts some good resources. So definitely check that out on our website. Um, We, on that note, we have a new website. It's not a a WordPress website website anymore now it's uh it's still run through that host but it's called divefpl.com website looks the same it's just official now divefpl.com and with that 
we now have the Twitter handle that matches it. So at Dive FPL. It used to be FPL Dive. It's now at Dive FPL. So hit us up on those two uh, things for sure. Um, Instagram, The Art of the Dive. We do have a Facebook page. I don't normally talk about it a lot. It's linked to our Twitter. So anytime we tweet something, it goes out on Facebook. So Facebook, The Art of the Dive. Mini League is still open. We added another, I think, like five or six people. If you listen to the pod, definitely join the league. It's just fun, and uh, you can kind of get to know or, or hear about some of the other people that are involved. The code is 127-487-188-629. Again, the code is 127-487-188-629. Uh, make sure to download our podcast, and it really helps if you subscribe because then uh, you'll, you'll know that our pod is out. We normally release uh, Mondays or Tuesdays, so iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Apparently, we're now on Podbean and Player FM. I didn't know that, but we are. Jake, you know, sometimes you just spread like wildfire. Yeah, exactly, like California wildfire. Um, moving up and, you know, being an official website and and just being, being out there, that's our goal. So take a listen. Um, we have a lot of good info, you know. So And you get to listen to me getting made fun of, so... Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's what everyone tunes into this pod for, because you're an idiot. I mean, and you look yes dumb. To the you look dumb. No to the other. Two, you're so ugly. All right. that's, that's a little. Hard. No one loves you. Why would you say that? All right, let's wrap this pod up. I'm Marco, and I'm Jake. Don't forget to dive. I like. I don't know. I was like a little hurt at the end. I didn't know what to do. Gotcha. Good.